Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're at. We thank you so much for tuning in to the Men's and Women's Leadership Academy podcast. That's right, everybody. This is the We Dream podcast. And today we have a very special guest, as always, uh, Mr. Vincent. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to talk about some amazing um, opportunities for our students um, that's going to help them succeed in their post secondary plans. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Yes, we can. All right, thank you guys for tuning in to the next installment of the We Dream podcast. So, um, I just want to touch on who Vincent is and some of the amazing work he does here at this uh, SUSD office. Um, I've actually been had the pleasure to work with him on the African American Task Force, um, and he's just an amazing person. Uh, keeps everything super organized. Um, so, do you want to give yourself a quick introduction of who you are? Sure, and, and thanks so much for having me today, Kevin. I think it's pretty uh, exciting that we have this vehicle uh, as a connection point with students and community. Uh, my name again is Vincent Harris. I work as the district's uh, chief uh, continuous improvement and accountability officer. Um, as Gavin mentioned, he, he served a vital role in our African-American Achievement Task Force, which actually dovetails well to the work uh, that my team is charged with here in the district. You know, to a large degree, our work centers around student data disaggregation of student data and looking at ways to identify students who may need supports. And that really is the range of supports, whether it's uh, acceleration so that they can be most competitive to whatever colleges they're applying to, but at the same time, do they need support getting to school? Do they need support uh, potentially with understanding behaviors that lead them on the path to uh, suspension or expulsion in ways that we can mitigate that? Why why the African-American task force work was important is as we think about student groups, uh, we certainly have some student groups, foster youth, uh, students with disabilities, and African-American students who we know can uh, perform at much higher levels than we see in the data today. And so the African-American Achievement Task Force was charged with identifying practices uh, to create a new normal. And we hope that those same new practices that the mm-hmm. task force created uh, will actually help all of our students. And so uh, ultimately the work I do is really oriented around seeing students and then identifying ways to support them to, do, to be their best selves. Great. And so, um, you know, the SUSD has actually been um, involved in offering some great resources in the past. And one that was recently offered was scholarships. Um, Some resources, you know, are okay. Some are great. Others are just amazing. And these scholarships um, are just great. So I just want to talk about um, the scholarships that was offered to students. um, And they were, unfortunately, a lot of them uh, missed out on. And so we want to capitalize and make sure all of our students out there know of these opportunities. So um, do you want to give us the rundown on the types of scholarships and you know how that was offered absolutely and thanks for the opportunity um Kevin, to share what's exciting about sacramento city unified school district is there's a rich history of alumni and and so the, the sponsors of our scholarships actually range from individuals people to families mm-hmm. uh, to class of like 1960 or class of 1966 mm-hmm. and that's really reflects on a spirit of giving that is, I think, a huge asset to our district and certainly benefits our students. The scholarships actually do range uh, from $500 uh, to $20,000. And so some of the scholarships are one-time and others are actually offered if students maintain enrollment, Mm -hmm. uh, consecutive enrollment at their selected college or university, Mm -hmm. and also maintain, depending on the scholarship, a level of grade GPA. Uh, Some of the scholarships are actually renewable for all four years of college. And so Mm -hmm. it's really exciting uh, that we have this opportunity. 
And in terms of the total number of scholarships, we have approximately uh, 25 or so. Okay. Um, what's really compelling about that is that, you know, we obviously, you know, some scholarships are more endowed versus others. And so mm-hmm. many of the scholarships aren't necessarily for uh, a lifetime. Uh, but even for a scholarship that may last 10 years, that, that's 10 wow. years of, of valuable resources provided to our students. And of course, some of the scholarships have been around for, for decades. And so, you know, ultimately, we feel a special honor as a district to find uh, and seek students to apply because obviously mm-hmm. we, we know that these are valuable resources. And as we were, you know, as you opened this module, uh, we were looking at the number of total number of students who applied last year, and that number was only about 250. And so we thought, well, gosh, we, okay. we definitely have an opportunity uh, to make greater, you know, a greater footprint of scholarship opportunity if, if we tell more students. Mm-hmm. Uh, because certainly for some of our scholarship sponsors, uh, can't say it for sure, but if they see yep. greater demand, we, we might, uh, they might, through their generosity, offer more scholarships. That's and so true. we know that increase in the pool of scholarship applications is actually one way uh, to show our scholarship benefactors. One, we appreciate their investment in the next generation of students. And equally important, show them that this is a viable way to continue uh, offering the resources that have helped so many Sacramento City Unified uh, alumni. Definitely. And um, so these scholarships, great, great opportunity. Um, are these something that, you know, high school students, is that what it's capped off at? Or is it graduating seniors? What is the age level for that? Thank you for the question. Um, mm-hmm. The real focus is graduating seniors. And so okay. almost all of our scholarships, in fact, I'm, I'm going to go out and say every scholarship is actually targeted toward 12th grade students who are graduating. And okay. so this makes them such a, a great resource as seniors are thinking about their next steps or thinking about where they're going to mm-hmm. you know, go off to college. Uh, you know, any scholarship, whether it's the ones that are sponsored by our district or, or many of the other scholarships that we know that exist nationally, these are all part of the portfolio of resources that help support students, whether it's the Cal mm-hmm. Grant, the Pell Grant, uh, the United Negro College Fund, you name it. This is just yep. part of that portfolio of resources. Okay, and are some of the scholarships, because there's all different types of scholarships, I, I've heard some really even goofy ones over the years, if you're over six feet, you can apply, right? Um, with these scholarships, uh, are they a one-time kind of payment, or is it span on a multi-year basis? How do some of the ones from the SUSD work? And it's actually uh, both and, and so okay. uh, we do have scholarships where students will apply during their graduating year, and they will get a one-time award. Uh, other scholarships, and you know, obviously these are fewer than number, uh, but you know, all of the, all of them are are great, um, great gifts to our students. Mm-hmm. But there are others that will offer uh, multi-year uh, benefits nice. that if students are, let's say, at a Los Rios Community College or at Sacramento State University and maintain a certain GPA and are enrolled mm-hmm. consecutively, um, they are eligible uh, to continue submitting their data. They don't have to reapply for the scholarship, but as yeah. long as they meet the minimum uh, benchmarks of the scholarship, um, they definitely can remain eligible to receive it through their uh, college-going experience. And you know, there's no hard rule, so there is some variance in the criteria between scholarships. Okay. Um, but definitely, if students are eligible and meet them, um, they they continue to have access to the to the to the resource. I see. And um, who is who's behind this? Who's providing uh, you know the monetary donations for these scholarships for the students? Who's uh, kind of backing this? Yeah, and and actually, you know, Gavin, to your question, it, it's really the community nice. um, because if you look at the names of scholarships, you know, a lot of them have family names of Clark. Uh, Madrano, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of them have the names of a uh, uh, CKM class of mm-hmm. 1966. And so when you think about, you know, whether it's the golf family or the church family or, or other benefactors who've really poured into our students, um, it really is the community of, of people here in Sacramento City uh, Unified Region. And they've been generous nice. and, and kind enough 
uh, to continue uh, offering resources uh, to our students um, so that they have the opportunity to to have greater success and, and not have mm-hmm. finances be a limit uh, to their yeah. aspirations. Yeah, it's, it's always great to hear when the community and other people just, you know, come together and back our students. It's just always wonderful to hear. Um, for the applications, you know, I've, I've already, you know, been through the process. Um, it's often, you know, scary sometimes for students when they're applying for college and, you know, they're writing out all these things. Um, what is, like, the application process for some of these scholarships? Is it long drawn out? Is it pretty simple? How does that process work? You know, it it has some variation, but but really all of them um, come down as I'll say maybe three major uh, criteria. Some of the criteria actually are linked to place. Um, some of our scholarship benefactors are very loyal, not only to the Sacramento City Unified Region, but also to their school. So some of them are are place based mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, Kennedy High School has some very generous benefactors who are very focused on supporting John F. Kennedy High School graduates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you think about the scholarships in a broad sense, their criteria really aren't, is not very different uh, than most of the other name brand scholarships. You know, in terms of students providing evidence of their academic performance, um, mm-hmm. evidence of community engagement and extracurricular participation mm-hmm. uh, in terms of sports, clubs, volunteering at the local hospital or YMCA um, or, you know, tutoring program at at their high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also, you know, some element of need, Uh, because, again, we know that, you know, with our school district having about a 70 percent student uh, free and reduced lunch rate, um, we know that some of our benefactors are very uh, generous in recognizing that, that, you know, if they can provide a resource to a student and particularly to their family where they they may not be able to fill a a certain financial gap, Mm -hmm. um, they want to be able to to kind of be able to to name it. Um, And so students provide some information about their their family finances. And and then also another major criteria, which is compelling, uh, being a part of the group of people that read the student essays, is the, Mm -hmm. the compelling personal narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everyone, you know, regardless of whether you apply for a scholarship or not, everyone has a, a compelling personal story. Very true. Uh, and so we like to, you know, generous, gener- the generosity of our benefactors is that they like to hear the students' personal story. So beyond mm-hmm. seeing the students as a number, uh, well, you know, whether that's a financial aid number or, or a GPA number, they actually want to have a sense of touching the students' personal journey. And so yeah. you read these student essays, and they're all uh, very compelling. It's, it's yeah. such a reminder that whoever wins the scholarship um, has earned that right because their stories always remind us of just the the different experiences, the different challenges um, that students face in coming to school, being in school, and doing well in school. And so it's, it's an affirmation of how this is a really worthwhile investment. Very true. You know, we did have a past episode uh, with one of the UC Davis admissions officers, um, and she actually mentioned how she was on one of the boards who looks over applications and the personal statements for UC Davis. Um, And, you know, her advice when I asked her is um, when you're, you know, writing your personal statement, just be real, you know, just tell your whole story. And that's going to resonate with those people. You know, as you mentioned, you were reviewing those and it really touched you some of those stories. So um, when you guys are writing these things out to represent yourself, just be completely real. You don't have to hide anything. don't have to you know try to build yourself up to someone you aren't just be exactly um, who you are Um, so yeah uh, we're gonna go to commercial break really quick some great information on those uh, scholarships we'll be right back with some more wonderful information Um, so stay tuned welcome back so um, after we did just figure out about those amazing scholarships provided from the SUSD um, I think the big question is how can students go and sign up and where can they go to access those Great question, and I just want to affirm uh, the advice you gave before the commercial break yeah. about the notion of just be as expressive 
uh, to whatever level you're comfortable in telling your personal yeah. stories uh, because there is no right answer. There is no one story. Uh, every story counts. And so um, Gavin's advice before the break, I think, is incredibly important. Uh, in terms of accessing the scholarships, we've been working on building uh, ways to share more information. You know, a lot of our school sites have their own practices and do a great job of informing their local community about the scholarships and on the annual cycle. So mm-hmm. um, definitely your school is first and foremost is a great resource for that. Yeah. What we've tried to do in terms of build more communication is our communications team actually has helped us strategize. And so we use our district resources uh, through, you know, internally our principal's bulletin, which, you know, to a large degree is oriented towards school site staff. And so we make sure that they're aware so that they can do their uh, sharing at their staffs. Then we also have eConnection, which has a broader base of communicating out to our community and students specifically about these scholarships. And then we actually do have a, a website, uh, thanks to the work of actually one of our district employees, uh, Melinda Chambers, who helped us uh, spearhead getting a, a website fully functional for us. And, and the web address is scusd.edu uh, backslash scholarships. And that's where we put all of our internal district information. And then um, as community members are generous uh, in our local region that there are scholarships which we don't uh, necessarily facilitate but are aware of, we'll actually post those scholarships as well as simply a resource. But in terms of our Sacramento City Unified Scholarships, again, um, the website is scusd.edu backslash scholarships. And that's where you'll see the information um, about our district scholarships. The windows generally all open um, no earlier than January of the year. Um, there is variation because, again, uh, some of the scholarships are locally uh, facilitated. When I say locally, I should be more clear. They're, lo- they're facilitated by district staff because mm-hmm. the generous benefactor doesn't necessarily want to manage the overhead of the distribution of the application and the scoring. But actually, a credit to the people who have endowed these scholarships, several of our uh, scholarship uh, benefactors actually want to be the person to do the application process and score them. And so uh, we coordinate with those benefactors as well because they actually want to touch the students yeah. um, and know the students that they're giving the money to uh, in terms of really being able to honor the fact that they, they want to know um, that this student uh, is able to have an opportunity to fulfill their personal dreams through yeah. through their scholarship. And, and they gain energy from being able to, to hear their stories and, and to stay connected with them through their college years. Yeah, and let's say, because um, as you mentioned, we our, the schools do a great job of reaching out to our students. Um, let's just say, for example, you know, a student doesn't hear about it uh, for some reason. What's the best way that uh, he or she could stay aware of these opportunities? Would it be visiting that website, or is there an email uh, blast out they can sign up for? What's the best way to stay aware of these uh, scholarships? You know, we're still evolving the, the scholarship outreach, and so I will say okay. um, probably the website is probably the best tool because okay. we make – an assert effort, particularly during the scholarship season, and to make sure that the website is updated on a regular basis and uh, make sure that that is a way that uh, students can be um, have, have all the information required in terms of the scholarships that are available, the applications, uh, and then also the due date. So I'd say the website is probably best. But your idea about the email blast is a, is a very good <laughs> one, um, and we'll think about that for this upcoming school year because, of course, the good news is we're, we're just at the end of September, so we have time to be thinking um, about strategies. And actually, um, we are you know doing more cross-department work. Yeah. So I should make mention that this year our family um, and community empowerment office will actually be featuring the scholarships as a nice. part of some of their parent education portals. Uh, and then also... Um, you know, we've partnered more deeply this year with youth development so that we can have another mechanism so that there are more than just 
the scholarship team, if you will, um, sharing the journey of the scholarships, but actually we're, we're leveraging more of our internal district resources beyond mm -hmm. even just simply communicating messages. We're trying to embed it where appropriate in conversations. Yeah. And I should make mention our guidance and counseling team, our counselors uh, have been significant advocates uh, mm -hmm. in sharing the scholarship information as well. But but to your question, Gavin, if someone yeah. uh, doesn't get touched by any of those resources, then I do think the, the website's the best point of a link. Perfect. So take the pen and papers out, everyone. Make sure you get that down. Um, and then also, I do have a question. Um, so what is your dream? Because this is the We Dream podcast, and we want to capture what your dream for the future is. Uh, what's that dream you have for our high school students who are graduating soon and ready to pay for college, um, and they might have a little trouble? Uh, what's your dream for them? Right. That's such a compelling question. I, I think the simplest dream is that all of our students – um, kind of regardless of what their personal stories are, feel that their high school experience has helped prepare them. And, and what I mean by that really specifically is that we talk a lot about our, our guiding principle in terms of each student having an equal opportunity to graduate with the greatest number of post-secondary choices from the yeah. widest array of options. And, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately those options are, are anything and everything in many respects. Yeah. And so, you know, it isn't so, so much that students have to graduate with the highest GPA or have to be A through G eligible or have to go to a CSU or UC, but it's really this notion that students are able to make choices. Right. Um, and part of the notion of giving students the, the option to make choices, and I believe is that the highest aspirational dream I have, is that yeah. they have rich academic content mm -hmm. uh, in all of the primary fields of study. They understand that content, and they're able to apply that content to fulfill their, their purpose. And so... Uh, if someone wants to be a great writer, then they can use high school to become a great writer, and they demonstrate great writing. If someone wishes to be a scientist, then they're able to uh, use their high school experience to learn a lot about science and then show that knowledge uh, through whatever uh, kind of feedback process is available to them. But that students have the opportunity to fulfill their promise and that we give them the tools uh, academically, uh, social-emotionally, uh, and in the broadest sense, just in terms of you know, not just being able to say, I took this test, but this test enabled me to do this. And I can tell you why I'm doing this work, not just because I want to be uh, on grade level, but I'm on grade level because that opens the door for me to be the doctor. It opens the door mm -hmm. for me to be an engineer. It opens the door for me, frankly, to, to do whatever I want to do, go to West Point uh, yeah. or going to ROTC at my university, yeah. uh, potentially go to nursing school, uh, potentially be an electrician, to be a con general contractor, um, it really is about helping students fulfill their promise and having them feel like they were challenged to fulfill their promise. Exactly. And um, go ahead and I know we were talking before. Go ahead and give me some of those statistics of, you know, how much was missed out on and how many scholarships there were. Because, um, you know, we can't leave these hanging. We got to make sure we capitalize on these, everyone. So right. go ahead and read those off to me. Sure. And, and, and I'll say, you know, the good news is you, every scholarship found a winner. Um, okay. But nice. but to your question, which I think is incredibly important, we have about seventy thousand dollars of scholarship funding available, yeah. um, but we only had about two hundred and fifty applicants, and so mm -hmm. with twenty, actually, I was just doing another count, about twenty eight scholarships available, and two hundred fifty applicants. You know, not that we you know, we we can give a scholarship to every student because we can't, mm -hmm. but we definitely know we can offer more competitive. Uh, pools for scholarships yeah. um, and ultimately you know that's what our benefactors want to to feel like is that they've been able to use their gift to us as a way to touch as many students as possible and again because we have the generosity of our community um, we know that if we have more students applying the community members who are investing see a greater need and we may be able to do a couple of things one 
uh, increase the pool of funds in specific scholarships because I think that's a decision our benefactors make every year is how much will they continue to contribute. And, mm-hmm. and some of them have been generous and have contributed more through the years. Uh, and then two, perhaps offer additional scholarships uh, because that also yeah. has happened where benefactors say, okay, it looks like there's a greater need. Uh, let's see if we can offer more uh, to our students in order to invest in the next generation. And so, um, you know, ultimately as we think about the, the need, it's, it's definitely significant. We know our students can benefit from this. Mm-hmm. And we just want to make sure that as our students think about their FAFSA process, think about their overall financial aid portfolios, they really are able to take advantage of these opportunities that we know will help them fulfill their promise and and fulfill it where they want to fulfill it, not feel Mm -hmm. trapped that I can only go here because I only have these financial resources, but being able to tap into a range of financial resources, which simply just opens more opportunities for them to be even selective in their college selection because they're not constrained by geography, they're not constrained by tuition, they're not constrained by room and board. Yep, exactly. Make sure you guys really capitalize on that. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the We Dream podcast. And thank you very much for um, being on the podcast and really sharing some of that wonderful information, Vincent. Um, and we hope to possibly see you again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate this opportunity. Of course, everybody, you know where to follow us up at. Go ahead to MLA Sacramento and at WLA Sacramento on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to stay tuned on our latest information coming. All right, y'all, this is your host, Gavin, signing off.